Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Welcome, everyone, to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and today we are talking about elevating your personal brand. I'm excited to welcome Kirsten May to the show. Welcome, Kirsten. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, tell everybody about the business that you run. Sure. So my company is called Uphouse. My business partner, Alex, and I started this agency in 2017. We both came from advertising agency backgrounds, so we knew it was a business model we were passionate about. But we wanted to do things a little bit differently than your traditional full-service agency. And one thing we had been noticing is with the shift to more digitally focused marketing, so if you think about like e-commerce and web-driven sales and social media and all the different digital marketing platforms that are available to businesses, we saw a lot of businesses staffing up their in-house teams because those platforms do require a lot of maintenance. And sometimes it makes more sense to have an in-house hire rather than paying an agency to do it for you. Right. So this was a trend we'd noticed. And so sort of this like growing in-house marketing department, but those in-house marketers still need access to brand strategy, marketing strategy, maybe any particular skill sets that they don't have in-house, like Google AdWords or video production or different things. And so we just decided to build a very agile agency that was all about supporting in-house. And so that's where we got the idea for Uphouse. Ah. So that's what our company is called. It's all about elevating in-house. <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't go with the name Outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one person has made that joke at our expense so far. So I'd say after three and a bit years, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> okay. That's really good. Really good. And, you know, something just, I think, to land on just for a quick second is that when people name their businesses, yeah. I mean, it should be something that makes people want to lean in with curiosity and want to know more, right? Yeah. And yeah, I guess you're right. Like, naming is so tricky. Like, we do some naming and it is very, very challenging. There's just so much creative territory that you can cover with a name. There's lots of good business cases for different types of names. If you have like a name like Uphouse, which is just two words put together, or maybe you're using your own name as your business name, or maybe you're making up a word like Travago is an example I often right. use for a made up word. And, you know, you can kind of make the case for any one of those. So, you know, it's definitely challenging like names like Travago are easier to trademark if that's important to you. Mm -hmm. But if, if your brand is yourself, you might want to include your own name, but maybe if your name's hard to pronounce, you might want to come up with a pseudonym or, or maybe just your first name or your last name. So it's definitely tricky. And, and when we help folks with naming, we just like run the gamut and then start to go to their audience and get feedback and start to check the availability of the .com or the .ca and, and right. just kind of start crossing the options off the list that way till you land with something that you like and that's available. And, and I will say that in our business, 
the easiest thing to land on is going to be your name.com when it comes right. to building your website because what we know is that that's never going to change yeah whatever your brand du jour is yes likely change over the course of time and so sometimes uh, i think it pays to be clear over clever yeah make it really easy for people to find you so we'll say that but I want to talk a little bit about your bio on your website at Uphouse. Is it uphouse.com? What's your URL? It's uphouseinc.com because okay. uh, actually uphouse.com, the domain has been parked by a company that's trying to sell it for a lot of money. So maybe that's also a case if someone hasn't yet booked the domain with their name and it's available, Go just get do it. it. It's $12 a year and then you have it. You know? There are vultures out there. Who... There are, yeah. So we're uphouseinc.com. Yes, yes, yes. I have a few clients who are waiting for their name to come up. Yes. Um, I wanted to mention something about your bio just because yeah. it's so in the news right now sure. why is it important for your brand to say an lgbt plus owned business yeah so we are in canada and there is this initiative called supplier diversity canada mm -hmm. and this was started by the women's business enterprise organization to really put a spotlight on women-owned businesses. And that kind of came from looking at some of the biggest organizations uh, that use suppliers. So like if you think of all our telecom companies and all the big banks and even consumer packaged goods like Kellogg's, right. they are wanting to drive diversity in their organization, but they don't always know to look for those small and mid-sized women-owned businesses. And those small and mid-sized women-owned businesses don't always know where the opportunities are in an organization like Kellogg's. So it started this national movement about really putting a spotlight on diverse owned businesses and just matchmaking between folks who are trying to procure diverse talent and people who are diverse talent. And so we got connected to the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. So that is where we have our Supplier Diversity Canada certification being a gay owned business. Okay. So for us, you know, that's, it's, I think, just an awesome thing about this time that you can proudly say like, yes, we are LGBT plus on your website. And it's not something that you need to maybe gloss over anymore, but a stick that you can own really proudly. And through this participation with CGLCC, it just allows us to connect with procurement organizations that are, are looking for, for diverse talent. And I would think that we're just on the beginning of that wave yeah, of yeah. going, hey, wait a second, yes. you know, we're starting to get our boardroom table looking a little bit more diverse. Yes. So let's do some work kind of down the ranks and yeah. make sure that our team looks diverse, but also our suppliers. And I think that that's really interesting. Now, just for the information of our listeners, and I, I, I have to tell you, Kirsten, Kirsten, yeah. um, it's, I'm so nervous sometimes right. to say the wrong thing yeah. that, and, and not get it right, that somebody's going to be angry with me that sometimes I'm like, okay, just don't say anything at all. But that's yeah. not the way to go either. I yeah. want people to understand what the LGBT, it used to be Q, but now yeah. it's a plus sign. 
Right. I want you to just explain for people um, so that we can all be a little bit more inclusive and kind of understanding of what is happening. What does that plus sign mean? Yeah, I think that plus sign is something that I've noticed becoming more prevalent probably in the last two years. Mm -hmm. And it's to encompass all the other groups that can fit within that category, I guess, if you're going to use a business term. So lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning, and two-spirited is typically the full group that is identified in that acronym. And I would say, let's perhaps say that you're a speaker that's wants to talk about, let's say, like transgender rights, you might want to use the full acronym and include everyone because that's central to your business and your brand. Right. Whereas for us, through our CGLCC uses that LGBT plus shortened Mm -hmm. acronym. So we feel comfortable using that acronym as right. well, but it's, I think it's still a bit of a personal choice on the yeah, part of the I business. Want to offend somebody who right. might think of themselves as queer and go, oh, well, yeah. we're leaving you out. You're now just a plus sign. I just plus. Yeah. very curious about having a conversation about yes. that. Yes. And we'll continue on this podcast to try to be more aware and more diverse. And we're learning all the time. And right. I, I hope that that's the case for everybody out there in business, because this, yeah. is, this, this is the reality of business today, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think just as long as you just do some thinking on it, mm-hmm. um, just so that if anyone ever does question you, because especially if you're active on social media, there are a lot of different conversations happening. So just as long as you have your own personal story. Yeah. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. Moving kind of shifting gears over towards personal branding. What does a speaker need to consider first and foremost when it comes to starting to develop their personal brand? I think the first thing they need to consider is also the hardest thing. And I think it's hard for entrepreneurs and sole business owners and speakers. I think it's as hard for them as it is for big organizations. And that is simply being specific. It is the hardest thing to do because you want to capture as many opportunities as are available to you, right? As many speaking, Ah. many podcasts. Are you talking about picking a lane, Kirsten? I'm talking about picking a lane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We talk about that all day long over here. So thank you for starting on that point. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen this, like, I've actually seen this with a lady. She's a, a mentor of mine. And she struggled with this for years. She loves speaking and she loves educating. And she's an amazing speaker. She's very dynamic. And she's extremely qualified to speak on HR related topics. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, HR is a broad field and she has very broad experience. And she's also a very successful female entrepreneur, big business, lots of awards, lots of books, lots of niche groups that she's worked in. So when she was putting her speaking bio together, it was like a laundry list of all her qualifications. But yet there was another speaker in her market who just talked about happiness. She was like the happiness gal. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, she got booked twice as frequently as Mm -hmm. this woman with all this credibility. And she couldn't for the life of her, like get her head around, like, why would this 
women get booked so much more frequently. And I had to keep telling her, like, it's because she's known for one thing. And it was so hard for this mentor of mine to just land on that, that one thing. And I think it's because one, she didn't want to sell herself short. And two, she wanted to capture all the opportunity that was out there. But, you know, it's hard of my former boss before starting Uphouse had this awesome analogy that I'd love to share with you. Yes, please. He used the analogy that if, imagine you have a bag of oranges, like a bag of navel oranges. And let's pretend, Jane, like I threw all the oranges at you. Like there's eight oranges in a bag. So how many do you think you would catch? Hmm. Maybe a couple? Maybe a couple. Yeah, totally. Most of them are going to land on the ground though. And maybe you'll be so like, ah, that you won't catch any. Whereas if I just tossed one orange at you, you'd probably catch it, right? And the same thing goes in marketing. Like you got to pick your one orange that you're going to throw out. It's such a good analogy. Oh, it's that is really good. Example. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the best place to start. And, and it's also the hardest thing to do is, is to pick that one thing. Of course, you've heard that whole idea about throwing spaghetti at the wall. Right. <laughs> see what one sticks. Totally. Right. Yeah. Just to see what sticks and maybe one or two will stick. But yes. I think that this is uh, one of the things that I think is really important about considering their personal brand is to be really intentional. Yeah. And that's a part of it. Picking a lane is being yeah. incredibly intentional and then kind of rolling down that lane. Okay, so let's go down a rabbit hole here for a second and and talk about what this looks like every day out on social media. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you pick happiness, that's your mentor. Let's say you pick happiness is your lane. Yeah. And when you're out there on social media, up until now, you have been posting about leadership and this and culture and da 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 da. Mm -hmm. If you're not pulling it all back to happiness, then you're missing the boat, right? Right. Yeah. And social media is such a tricky one. And I'm glad you landed on that because it just feels like an endless cycle of content you need to produce. So you might feel like a broken record Mm -hmm. talking about happiness all the time. But if you think about it from the user's perspective, like they're not eagerly waiting for your latest post like if you have maybe your like spouse or parent is but most likely your general follower is not they're only going to see you once in a while in their feed depending on what the algorithm is pulling for them that day so and and again I think you know in marketing and advertising that that is a rut that people can fall into you feel like you get bored or fatigued of your pitch but just remember like People are bombarded with all sorts of different messages today. There's a lot of distractions. So take heart, like keep pumping that message. It will pay off for you. Yeah. And I keep referencing Mel Robbins book, The Five Second Rule. Okay. And basically this book, I mean, it could be the Nike swoosh, just do it. That's yeah. the that's the whole rule behind the five second rule is when you're thinking about doing something, you say to yourself, right. five, four, three, two, one, and then you just do it. Right. Yes. And her speech is one point. Just do it. Okay. Her book is one point. Just do it. And there's like a million stories over yeah. and over. Yeah. All of her social is yeah. got one point. Just do it. Get off the mark. Just do it. 
And so you think, oh, people are going to get tired of that. And um, it's just not the case. And I think it's a great reminder for people. And it's even okay to just have one key idea, one key point. So let's talk about somebody who's maybe an emerging speaker, someone who's just starting out. And they kind of want to, let's talk a little bit about the brand periphery. Mm-hmm. The Okay, so we know like a name and maybe some marketing language, a promise statement is what we call it over here. Yeah, that's, let's set that aside for a second. Let's think about your personal brand in terms of how you want to be known. If you're just starting out, like, do you want to be the contrarian? Do you want to be nice and always put out positive? Like, talk a little bit about how your clients need to think about their personal brand and how they want to be seen or land. Sure. So, I mean, most likely as a speaker, you've got to pick something that feels authentic to you, right? So, and something that you think you, as we just discussed, like you can really pound the pavement on it and you're not going to get fatigued about it. So so it's got to be a topic that excites you. For me, like I'll get a tingly feeling when I hear an idea that I just think has a lot of potential that just resonates with me. I get a physical reaction. So I've over time learned to like pay attention to that feeling. So you might get that as well. You might also need to vet your idea through a lot of different people and gather a lot of feedback, or maybe just vet it through one person whose opinion you really trust. So let's say you start with like 10 ideas for the how of your brand. And now you want to nail it down to the one idea, I would recommend doing some research on who you want to book you or where you want to speak and see if there's a gap that you can fill that aligns with what you enjoy speaking with because your brand exists in the mind of your audiences, right? And so ultimately what you're trying to do is shape the way they think and feel about you. And that if you can do a really good job serving that audience, you're going to shift from a one-time transaction, whether a one-time seeing a social media post or a one-time hearing you speak into most likely a longer term loyal customer or an advocate, because I would imagine for a lot of the speakers listening, the speaking gig is not their sole business. It might be a business development tool to potentially capture some new audiences and drive back to perhaps a consulting business or something like that. Would that be the case for your listeners? Yeah, definitely. We, we, the speaking is often the rainmaker and yeah. that- that will lead to other revenue streams. And we certainly try to encourage people not to have all of their eggs in the speaking basket. Yes. Okay. So it would be helpful again is, you know, you probably have this audience in mind who are these, these eggs, for example, and think about what you can offer them that's going to enrich that relationship beyond the transaction. So like you might offer the very best like quality of service. You might help them feel exclusive in some way, like by being aligned with your brand that says something about them. Mm -hmm. You might be like an educator, someone who loves to share wisdom and that you're really going to enrich that customer's internal sense of self. So their sense of Mm self-improvement, or you might be someone that's like fun or passionate or funny, and you have that magnetic personality and you want to rally people perhaps around a community where it's kind of like, what you see is what you get, I think is a term you use, Jane. And it's like, 
come on in. Everyone's welcome here. So that's an, another layer you can add to your brand. That's just going to help distinguish you potentially from competitors and allow people to find a place with you. So if I want to just trust you've got the best quality, I know where to go. If I want to feel exclusive, I know where to go. If I want to learn, I know where to go. If I want to meet a bunch of fun people, I know where to go. Right. Nice. I like that very much. And so it was funny because before we were talking on email, you and I, you said, is this going to be videotaped? And yeah. I said, yes, it is. And yeah. I told you that my brand is authenticity. Yeah, totally. And so you don't see a lot of makeup and sometimes yeah. I comb my hair. But <laughs> I mean, really, uh, and if the dog barks on the podcast, then we're like, okay, well, our brand yeah. is authenticity. Like having kind of these markers for yourself that allow you to recognize and sometimes it takes a little bit of time to really figure out who yes. you are yes. and who you are going to be to your customers as well. Yes. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's easier to pinpoint when you look back than when you're maybe standing at the threshold trying to plan going forward. Yeah. So I will give that, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is your I wonder if your personal brand also kind of brings into play boundaries like who do i want to be for my clients so my role is not to make people dependent on me as a coach right it's to be more as a guide and to help you make decisions for yourself right so i think even understanding things like that like who do you want to be to your clients yes. could be something that they could just be thinking about right yeah. And, you know, we talked at the start of our conversation today about being specific. And that's another way you can be specific in the audience you want to serve is thinking about who you want to attract, but also thinking about who you don't want to attract. Yes. And of course, like no one wants, it's easy to say like, I don't want to work with jerks. It's like, well, no one wants to work with jerks. But think about someone who is a good audience, but just maybe not a good audience for you. So, you know, someone might want an audience where that requires a lot of hand holding because maybe that's the kind of high touch service they like where you want someone that's looking for more of some guidance and empowerment. And then they have the confidence to go and take it and implement it themselves so that you don't have to be holding their hand along the way. Both great audiences, just one a better fit for you and one a better fit for someone else. So it's helpful to think about that as well. Yeah. And, and one of the exercises that we do inside the school is we take people through figuring out the traits of their perfect client. Cool. So we might put things on the list like they see my value and they get that I have credibility. Right. They trust me. They don't micromanage my presentation. They pay me gladly and on time. Yeah. Some of the things that help kind of provide that clarity about who is your perfect client. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily a part of your personal brand, but I think it all comes together in a nice package, right? Yeah, it sure does. And then also just simply the fact that your time and money to spend on promoting yourself are always going to be limited. So you, it's worthwhile to spend your time going after those folks that you want, as opposed to the other folks. So even if you just kind of take a very brass tax approach to it that way. Right, right. And and you'll be able to identify them very easily when they come to you because you can yes. be like, hey, wait, that's my perfect client. There you yes. go. 
Okay, so we also have a lot of listeners who, especially post-COVID, may be thinking about reinventing themselves. So what are some ideas that you have coming from, okay, I have a brand and they want to reinvent? Where would be some good place to start? I think the most important thing they can do is just talk to some outsiders. So just talk to someone else. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs and business owners, we tend to want to focus on the things that we had to work the hardest at because that gives us the greatest sense of accomplishment. But from a brand or marketing perspective, that that might not be the most grabby thing for others. And Mm. so sometimes it can kind of help to pull those blinders off just by talking to other folks. So like a good place to go would be someone who knows nothing about professional speaking, like absolutely nothing so that they're not going to come with sort of the same assumptions as someone who is a professional speaker, Mm. Um, because most likely they are going to approach it from an innovative place because they don't know what is tradition in that space. Um, And it's, you know, kind of a great time to do that. You know, before you might have thought like, well, who's in my geographic location that I could go for coffee with? But depending on where you live, that might not be an option. So in a way, you could have a virtual coffee with anyone, anywhere in the world. Um, Tapping your LinkedIn network to see is there anyone neat who you think has a neat perspective Mm -hmm. that uh, you would be willing to meet for a, a quick virtual coffee and perhaps you position it as an exchange like I'm looking for your help brainstorming some ideas for my business. I'd be happy to help brainstorm some ideas for your business. And then, you know, just tell them where you're at, maybe pitch some of your ideas and see what they give back to you because uh, most likely they'll help you uncover something you might not have thought of on your own that could potentially be worth your while as you reinvent your brand. I love that. And could you include past clients in that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I love going, so I miss it right now. I'm not doing it, but I love hopping on the train once a quarter and going to Toronto for a strategic coach, which is Dan Sullivan's uh, group. And he started out as being a coach for people who were mostly financial advisors. And so, but he's expanded beyond that. So when I go to my quarterly meeting with them, I might have a financial advisor across from me, but I have a farmer who's like got a lot of big, big, big business farm on one side of me. And I might have like an app developer on the other side of me. And I love the richness of those conversations because they're completely outside of speaking. And I have grown so much just from having you know, being in the room, being in the room and trying something different. I think that's been incredibly helpful. So it's even a fun exercise to think about like that app developer, like how did they conceptualize their app, get the minimum viable product together, test it, brand it and launch it. And then if you wrote down those steps and you're like, now I'm going to try to follow these same steps for my speaking business, you might come up with something really cool, right? Because you use a different methodology to get at the same idea. Exactly. And probably there's a huge part of which is testing. And I know that I'm really weak on analytics. And so that could be something that I can really learn a lot from that person as a result of that. And uh, the farmer, he does a lot with his soil and testing and crops to put in there. And that's an interesting conversation too. And 
I just love business. Like I like talking. Whenever I'm driving down the road, I'm always looking at the names of business and I'm like, oh yeah. What do those people do in there? I have no idea based on what I'm seeing on this sign right now. So I think a lot of people really need that marketing help, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Especially small business owners. Oh, for sure. And I think like your example of driving down the road and looking at how other people have solved a creative challenge Mm -hmm. is a great exercise. Like for me, I like to go to the different advertising news publications like Adweek and Strategy Magazine and look at the different advertising campaigns that are out in the market and then look at like what was the product and what was the big idea or the concept in their ad and then work it back and try to think like how did they get here? Was there like an approach or like a trick or a different way they kind of unpacked that problem that led them to this outcome? Because if yeah, if you can kind of learn the steps, then you can put those steps in your own little toolbox and like whip them out. You know, every time you run into a challenge, you kind of just have different resources to lean on rather than maybe always trying to solve it the same, the same way or solve it by yourself at the 11th hour, which is never great for coming up with new ideas. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Okay. So a question, you said the big idea. Right. And I think that the big idea is really, really important for speakers in that they have some sort of headline Mm -hmm. that allows people to go boom. So we call it a promise statement over here. It could be a promise statement that's surrounded by a headline. It could, there's lots of different ways that it could come. I'm, I won't get too technical about it. I'm trying to find in my feed, I shared this promise from a coach. Oh, here it is. This is so good. So this girl is called the breakup coach. Cool. And her promise is get over your ex in three months or less. Okay, cool. Like how good is that promise? I mean, number one, you know exactly what the promise means. And number two, you're like, yes, that's what I want because right. who doesn't want to get over their ex faster, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Some people might be a little skeptical, but I just thought, wow, that is so clear and so concise. Yeah. Like, talk a little bit about the big idea and what do you think makes a big idea? Like I said before, we often have to take clear over clever, right, but if right, you yes. can get to clever like this girl did, then yes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things. So her, I guess, title or her name of her business is the breakup coach. Yeah. So if you think about that, there's like oodles of different big ideas that you could attach to that. If you just think about like all the different aspects of a breakup, you know, she could lead into any number of them, but get over your ex in three months or less. Like, so that's the big idea that she's rolling with right now. Like in two years time, it might be something different, but so she's got this one, like it kind of rhymes. It's a sound rhyme, yes. right? Like not a, yes. a literary rhyme. So that's yes. good. Um, the two parts of the line are have the same number of syllables, right? Yes. So it's kind of has that bit Aiden. of a repetition and it rolls off your tongue. Yes. It's, got, it's got a very clear promise. Like this is what's going to happen by this date. And, right. you know, I think potentially some people might get over their ex faster. Some people might need four months. But that's, you know, we kind of get the idea that she has likely this nine step process or whatever that your average person 
can accomplish in three months. Yes. So she's also, while she's being specific, she's kind of being general, you know, as we are for advertising and marketing. And so I think like a good big idea is something that has legs. So if you like wine, you know, like if you get a good wine and you swirl it in the glass, like all those little legs. I love good legs on a wine. Right. And so you're really speaking my language. You're like, this (laughs) is a good glass of wine. Um, And you could tell the same thing with your big idea. If you think like, oh, that one line or rhyme will let me talk about all these things. And Mm -hmm. I could talk about the emotional side. I could talk about separating your assets. I could talk about all these different things under this one line. That's how you know you have a good big idea. It has legs. Mm, Okay. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking (laughs) about this after listening to this one, they're going to be going back to their headline to say, hmm, am I doing the trick? So when we talk about our marketing and speaking, we often say, you know, there's a brand and there's a promise. Tell me if this flies for you. You know, you're a true professional. I'm an amateur marketer, so I don't want to, I would lean towards you being the one who knows the most. I often say that it's very similar to a book title and a subtitle. Mm. So I'm looking here at, this is how I hold my microphone up. Actually, I've got a stack of books. So I've got my own book, The Wealthy Speaker 2.0. The subtitle is, like you might know what that is based on the title, The Proven Formula for Building Your Successful Speaking Business. Mm -hmm. And so that really, the subtitle is doing the heavy lifting and it's really explaining what it's all about. Is that an okay analogy in your world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we think about like a tagline, let's say, so you got the name of your business and then maybe you have a tagline or a slogan. And we call that a promise. So we're on the same page. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So if you can be descriptive or you can be inspirational. So being descriptive is great, right? Because it's going to tell people right away what you do, but it might not invoke a feeling you want people to get when they interact with your brand. In which case you can then choose to be inspirational, but then you're going to have to do more work in your other communications challenges to explain the blanks. So it's just, there's always a trade-off and you just have to decide where you want to invest your time. Oh, interesting. So say if you're Nike and your line is just do it and we don't know who Nike is. Mm-hmm. then you might need to do a little bit more explaining that we provide this and this and this. Okay. That's really good. That's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Now tell everybody about the book that you wrote. I know. I love that you use that analogy because we went through that same exercise <laughs> yes. and I have to tell you a funny story. Okay. So our book is about outside perspective. It's the idea that people who are experts in the business or marketing or brand are often the least qualified to innovate around it or come up with something new or creative because you can't, can't, you can't see the label from the inside of the jar. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. And so it just kind of unpacks different ways we work organizationally that is creating proximity, which is a bad thing if you're after creativity or innovation. And then it proposes some like different ways, some way you can turn that system on its head to get a more creative outcome. So it's a very Mm -hmm. practical book. And that's why this, you know, when we talked about like, why is it important to be a diverse supplier? How can you get some new ideas on your business? That's why I love talking about that. Cause I'm like, yes. oh, we wrote a book on this. 
Ah. And so our original title for the book was Don't Come Any Closer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but our publisher said like, no, that's too nebulous. The title yeah. of your book should be the core concept, which is the proximity paradox. Okay. And then our book was released on Friday, March 13th, which was the same day Perfect. that Manitoba went into lockdown. Yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. We're oh, like, don't come any closer. It would have been the perfect time. Oh, my gosh. They, they would have been like, this is a COVID book. <laughs> I know. I know. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now, tell me what the uh, subtitle is for the proximity paradox. It's how to create distance from business as usual and do something truly innovative. So with that particular subtitle, we chose that because uh, it identifies it as a, a leadership or business book. And so that's why we we use that title. Which and is then important. talking about innovation as being, you know, if that's what you're after in your business, then this is a book for you. I love that. Okay. And so people can get the book in the US, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Uh, Indigo and Amazon as well. Um, Amazon or, okay. or chapters, Indigo. Yeah. And then yeah. also if you're an audiobook person, it's on Audible as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I just finished, my latest book is called Scaling Your Speaking Business. And yeah. I'm waiting to hear if, if, I, if enough people ask me for it on Audible, I'll put it on there, but oh, I'm waiting. Yeah. So there you go. There's your cue, everybody. Get in touch yes. and let me know if you want to hear it on Audible. Yes. <laughs> All right. So tell everybody how they should get in touch with you. Yeah, I mean, they can get in touch with me directly, Kirsten May, like I'm on all the social medias. If they're interested in seeing what we do at UpHouse, we have a great social media game. I think our Instagram game is awesome. And oh, so they cool. could, yes, there's lots of fun. And if you're kind of looking for creative inspiration, it's a good place to go or to see how we tackle creative challenges. We do lots of case studies and different things that explain sort of our thinking and methodology. So Instagram is a good Instagram place handle at Uphouse Inc. Uphouse Inc. All yeah. right. We're going to put all that in the show notes, everybody. If you're looking for the show notes anytime, come over to speakerlauncher.com and click on the podcast and you will see the biggest version of the show notes. We do teeny tiny ones out on Apple and all of the places. And we do right. the full blown beauties over at speakerlauncher.com. Well, Kirsten, this has been so much fun talking to you about marketing. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I also really enjoyed it. I feel really energized and jazzed up about personal branding. So Yay, I think, let's yeah, go take on it. the world. I yeah, love exactly. it. Exactly. If yeah. you feel energized and revved up and ready to take on the world, hey, let us know that you've been listening. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And so we will know that the show has had impact. With that, we will say see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next-step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.